0: me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read me romance read read me romance
1: hey lady listeners heartless is out from jade west this is a scorching hot and dangerous romance so if you love a mean hero like i do then this one's for you i'm gonna read you the book bio because you're gonna love it In a single moment, she becomes my obsession. Elaine Constantine will be mine, and her destruction is only my beginning. I've known all my life that the Constantines deserve to be wiped from the face of the earth. Only a smoking crater left where their mansion once stood. But that's a bedrock knowledge, something eternal that lives in my blood. Tonight, I'll infiltrate their lives, twine myself into their deceitful inner workings so I can take them apart piece by piece. That's my plan until I see her the woman in gold with the sinful curves and the blonde curls my will to dominate her runs as deep as the hate i have for her last name no matter how beautifully she bends beneath my hands i'll leave her shattered a broken toy for her cruel family read heartless by jade west today and guess what gold One is out from our very own read me romance author sky warren this is the follow-up to Diamond in the Rough, so if you haven't read that, be sure to start there, with Diamond in the Rough, then read Goldmine. And I'm going to read you the book by for that, too, because it is hot. Holly Frank is in trouble, the deadly kind. She and her sister must evade the authorities and the criminals who want them dead, including Elijah North, the man who took her heart in Paris, her body in a prison cell, and her trust without remorse. He's determined to keep her safe, even if that means losing her forever. Adam Bassett has his own dark agenda. She's caught between the two men, torn apart with every sensual push and pull. Each touch is a lie, each whispered tenderness is a trap, but she can't resist them. Their lies are tearing her apart, her enemies are catching up with her, and when she's taken captive again, she finds out secrets to unravel it all. Read Diamond in the Rough by Sky Warren and Grab Goldmine, which is out this week. And I'll see you ladies in just a second.
2: Hey, lady listeners. Hey, hey lady DJs.
1: Hey. How's it going?
2: How's it going, Mel? You is this cat tree new, or was that there last week? Re-
1: your sheets are you rearranging you. your office? What's happening here? I am rearranging
3: my office for the time being. Um, this is my office, but now my husband's stuff. Is Why? Empty, and I do because the, I got internet uh-huh. at home that allows me to be here, but they have to put another modem in, and it's gonna go downstairs oh, to his rage. office. Okay. Yeah, he said they're not okay. sure if it's going to be strong enough to reach, so we're sharing a space, which is what – my office is a disaster, but it's actually been fun. It's nice enjoying this space with him. I'm not in this office by myself all day. Oh, that's nice. It's been nice to have somebody to, like, do you see this? Like, do you not? Do you, like, do, thing? Thing? do you
1: look at him and think, stop breathing?
0: Because that's, <laughs> no. that's what
1: I do actually, when was in my office. Just like Really? <laughs>
3: But I do have one part where I can, because he, he'll get on his headset yeah. and he'll talk to other people, gamers, or whatever they do. I can take my hearing aids out. <laughs> and I don't have nothing. <laughs> so it doesn't you know, bother me. I never me.
1: thought you going deaf would be, you know, an advantage. <laughs> it. I know. I just pull them right out. I'm uh-huh. um, so um,
2: <laughs> God. Maybe I need to pretend like that's happening to me so that I can just be like, can't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Call for me from five rooms away. Tessa, didn't hear it. what's was your morning? Oh. So my daughter yeah, started school I want the this morning. Whole well, <laughs> this is actually pretty crazy. Okay. And I didn't even write it down to talk okay. about. So. We're all kind of like not optimistic. I I think a lot of parents are dealing with this where we're like, well, maybe we'll get three weeks out of, out of school and then they'll shut it back down. Yeah. We'll see how, yeah. you know, we're just kind of like, we're trying to be, we're try, just like trying to manage our expectations so that we don't, um, so that we're not like, yay, and then just get like cut off the knees if something happens. So all of my mom friends and I are on the group text and we were, you know, we were like, okay, like, you know, uh, just like knuckle down here comes the roller coaster ride (laughs) like whatever so we're like well at least we'll get you know at least we'll get today and and I'm sure it's going to be fine and then literally the second we drop off the kids at school we all get a phone call it's a recorded message from school there's been a cyber attack on on the school's uh, electronic system whatever like all the computers yeah like their whole entire system went down oh my god yeah, and so in my case, in Mackenzie's case, that includes the Wi-Fi, which we need because that's she gets her her blood sugar readings yeah. on her phone because of the Wi-Fi. So I mean, like, look, there's there's safes for that, yeah. but it is kind of one of the one of the things that helps. But we're all just we just were like laughing, like
1: wow, <laughs> we were
2: like, of course, there's yeah. a cyber Ten attack. Minutes to school.
1: into this, and we yeah, get a phone call. So what happened? Did you have to go get your kid?
2: No, no, they're handling it. You know, the the message was kind of like, we'll keep you posted. As far as we know, no personal information has been stolen or has been compromised. And we'll, you know, we'll keep you posted as we go along kind of thing. So I haven't heard anything else. And yeah, but it was so, it was like, we're just dying. Of course, yeah. Yeah.
1: God, that's great. Well, we're about, I think we're three weeks in now, maybe. I can't remember if we're two or three weeks in. I think we're three weeks in. And, um, it's kind of, you know, we, I sort of went into it with the same mentality. Like, okay, let's see how, you know, oh, if we get a couple days out of this, you know, a couple weeks, like that'd be nice, but we've gotten into a nice, you know, a nice routine so far. I don't know if maybe, I don't feel like we're getting relaxed about it at all. I do feel like we're still really cautious. You know, everybody's still, you know, wearing masks, washing hands, like all this stuff. All the teachers are still really diligent about it. And so far, like knock on wood, we've all been really good. And as far as I know, there hasn't been any cases. So
2: yeah, I hopefully that's the same. Uh, the same thing yeah, happens for yeah. us. Uh, like it's it's kind of you know I'm a little bit of a control freak. Oh, I think you guys know, know that. You it's wouldn't shocking. Yeah, don't say. <laughs> and so this is also the year the Mackenzies now she doesn't have a personal aid. So oh, like she's wow. per- to help with her diabetes. So like on top of everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm this poor kid. I'm like, okay. You know, yeah. Mask and distance, but also you have to take care of your own diabetes. Mm-hmm. Like you have to keep your phone on your desk. Here's juice. Here's tabs. Yeah. Here's insulin. Like you're on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm kind of wondering if it's actually an advantage to have the smaller class mm-hmm. and have it being so out of the norm anyway mm-hmm. for this transition to happen. So anyways, Mel, um, <laughs> how what's how yours you said your daughter's not even awake for school yet what's going on um well when I walked by our door was closed (laughs) can
1: you imagine this being your life in high school like uh, you know just wake up (laughs) and go or middle school or whatever it is I just you know I saw something the other day that was talking about that and they were like you know so what if they're doing this online or you know they're behind or forward or whatever it is and they were like all of this is based on an arbitrary education system that we all agreed on a long time ago they're like it's not necessarily like even the best way to learn or the best like the best way to to measure growth they're like we all just sort of agreed to this <laughs> it doesn't mean it was the right way to begin with and that sort of like made me pause and think and it was like yeah you know we're all going to be fine We'll be okay. I think
3: my son's doing probably the best. He, I just kick him out the door at 830, and he runs across the street to my mom. <laughs> and I think – but I actually think it's really good for him. Like, they do – it's one-on-one. He's always struggled a little bit with reading. And she's right there on top of him, and she's got the patience of a saint. And they actually have, like, a whole school time. They have recess. They have art
1: time. Aww, they have play so time. I bet it you gives your mom something to do, too.
3: And then she was like, he said the most you thing to me the other day when we got done with class. He was like, we're going to go downstairs and we're going to play my own part, but we're not going to talk to each other. <laughs> we're going to be quiet.
1: <laughs> he said we're not going to talk to each other.
3: We're not going to talk That's to each other. We're just going to be quiet. I love him so much. He's
1: such a precious person. And
3: then... Isabel just shows up sometimes periodically for times, but she just has to go in, and I guess it shows if you've watched the video. Oh, uh, okay.
1: So she just has to watch and it take the at test. some point.
3: But I think it's kind of, she really wants to go after school, and her, I don't know if people know that I have custody, Isabel is my niece, technically, but I've raised her for so long since she's been two or three. She's my daughter. But she has another sibling who's older that lives next door with my parents who is transgender and is going through the whole process right now. And he really wanted to switch schools at one point. So I think this has been great for him, this getting to stay home and go to school and work more on his transitions because he's going through everything right now. So for me, I think it's a small – It's uh, the silver lining. Yeah, I yeah.
1: I think there's definitely been, you know, moments where we've, I think all the three of us have all been frustrated, but I think even the three of us have been able to find the better things about this. Like you said, like silver linings, you know, things that have come out of it. They were like, oh, okay. Like, even like you were saying, Tessa, like, maybe this is a good time that, you know, Mackenzie able to manage her diabetes because there's a smaller class where people are paying more attention, like... You know it more eyes are on each individual student than normal and you know i i just think there's there's been a lot of lot of good things that have come out of this but it, i think maybe we wouldn't have ever seen that if we weren't forced to see it you know because yeah. what's the alternative we're just stare down a hole of death yeah. <laughs>
2: Just stare down a hole of death, <laughs> just a black suck hole. Oh,
1: speaking of that, um, so my youngest, Hallie, last night asked me for a baby brother.
2: Oh, and would you say I was Get like
0: out. So, <laughs> yes. so? You just got a dog, first of all, and a cat. Said, she just
1: got a cat. First of all, I said, I whenever I was like, oh, honey, I said, if I have a baby, you won't be the baby. And she responds, oh, I'll always be the baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's your daughter um, i'm afraid she might kill a baby okay because yeah. <laughs> like, i think i think we brought another baby into this
3: house do you guys you know what i'm picturing you guys remember that with that little girl that house is yeah. That girl was yeah, looking back <laughs> that's what did somebody ever
2: explain what that what happened i I don't
1: (laughs) know i I think they were actually you know tell uh, us doing a controlled burn and i think the kids were watching it Um, that's no fun we have a picture that is very similar (laughs) Um, my husband took the kids to see a controlled burn and it was the same thing my kids were in front like smiling and laughing and it was like oh god that's that's really terrifying but yeah, so, so she asked for that. And then I explained, I was like, do you want me to be pregnant again? Like, what is this? And she's like, no, we're just going to go to the place that has the babies and we're going to get one. And I was like, where is this place? And she's like, you guys know. Yeah. <laughs> like we're <laughs> like ran on something. They got me
3: again. I forgot about this one. So my son asked me to kind of explain a little bit of Politics and different things and we got down the road of women and Planned Parenthood, all that kind yeah. of stuff. And he's like, well, is there something for men? I said, well, no, not really. And I don't know how we got there, but I was like, well, blue balls came up. I don't know how in the conversation, <laughs> they just, they the just blue came balls up. <laughs> And then he was like, "Cause I think we we're talking down there." I'm like, "You know how mommy bleeds down there?" Yeah. Da, 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 da. He's like, "Can anything happen to men down there?" I'm like, "They can get blue balls, I think." <laughs> and then he's like, "He's like, what's blue balls?" Uh, and I blinked. Yeah. I blinked. I was like, "Cause we were in the car." I was like, "So we get McDonald's?" <laughs> 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 I was like, "I don't. That's not what." I that one yeah
2: that's kind of a that's kind of a, you go down like a road yeah it's not like yeah. it's not like explaining a bodily function no. it's like oh it's when you're almost gonna have sex and then you don't know, and then you're disappointed then you still it's have it's your boner <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, really i like really sad
2: <laughs> yeah your balls get yeah they just feel sad <laughs> there's a speaking of that there is a um I just saw this news story and I totally, like, I always tend to take the wrong thing from a news story, but um, <laughs> there's like a top, there's like a, a bunch of women uh, topless outside parliament in the UK right now protesting climate change and, or protesting in favor of yeah. climate change reform or, you know what I'm saying. Um, and... Those cops are, like, dragging these topless women away, and I was like, well, oh, no, I'm so turned on by this, and I'm so wrong. Oh, no. They're being, like, dragged, like, into the back of police cars at uh, a topless, and these cops are just, like, I mean, they have to be conflicted. That's amazing. Physically, and I like thinking about that. <laughs> I like thinking about how they're probably annoyed they have to do this, but also, like, they probably have, like, a semi.
1: It's okay. You That's can it. you can consider that. This is a the They same have place. blue balls. That's the, that was where they have blue balls. That's how I brought that That's how you circle. would explain blue balls. Trying to do your
2: job <laughs> yeah. while you have a blue. Um, I'm six days sober.
1: What?
2: I haven't had a drink in six Why? days.
1: Are you like purposely doing this?
2: I hit rock bottom. Oh, Tessa.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: I think well like I don't know that I'm an alcoholic. I just that uh, I have been I drank every single day of this quarantine. And I had like a particularly crazy night and woke up the next day and I was like, I'm done.
1: Oh, wow. I you know.
2: So I haven't had a drink in six days. How do you feel? It's been pretty crazy. Really good. Yeah. Alert. Yeah. Less puffy.
3: <laughs> yeah. I will tell you that I am two and a half years sober. You haven't had a drink
2: That's in a two long and a half time. years.
1: Like, not one? Two and a half years? Wow. Not one. That's awesome.
2: That's amazing. It's really hard because, like, especially I've created so many patterns and, like, all of my friends are, like, our relationships are based on sitting and having a couple of drinks together. Yeah. So, like, the other night I went over to – Mackenzie went over to a friend's house. Actually, it was the only time Mackenzie's been at a friend's house and I've had – my husband was doing his fantasy football draft. I had nothing to do. Yeah. Like, I had nowhere to go. I, like – I just went to Barnes and Noble in Old Navy and like got a coffee and walked around. Like, <laughs> yeah. just, like, yeah. It was so nice. But, um, you know, like I showed up to the house to pick Mackenzie up and she's like, what do you want from to drink? And I was like, I, I said, I was like, this is like really hard. It was really yeah. hard yeah. to say no. Yeah. So, but I did. Good for you. And I'm going to try and keep it up. Yeah. I
1: think it's, you know, it's, it's different for, for everyone in, in, you know, I think it's great that you took that time to say, like, let me just take a break from this and see if I can do it. You know, I'm not one that I don't I rarely drink. I probably don't have one drink a month. You know, if it, that, if maybe every couple months I'll have one. I just never like I never really liked the taste of it. You know, when I was younger, I would just binge drink, you know, at parties and stuff, or if I was with friends, but you know, for me that wasn't like a super hard struggle but being close to someone like Mel you know that we you know would go to events or something like that it, I, I can't imagine or like you with your friends I can't imagine what it's like to turn that down and really have to to make that conscious choice to say no I, I just yeah. imagine that would be really difficult
3: it's it'll just change well for me it just changes your style the things you do the things you want to do it just changes and at first you think the changes are shitty you're like oh but actually they start to become very normal and different and i'm sure healthier the way too. of life yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, i think it's awesome good for you thanks i know that's that sucks to have to talk about but i think it's i'm sure yeah, there's, no, I mean, there's more like than two that it. Have struggled with it especially during this
2: quarantine yeah i think like a lot of people you know just were like all right no rules anymore and also i don't have anything to do and yeah it's also stress like there's a lot of different reasons to be drinking right now um but it's crazy like what i've channeled the excess energy into like because i'm trying to stop myself from getting a drink yeah like you know i made like my own tortilla chips (laughs) But you know, what, but okay, the, like the like that. to
1: be able to channel it into to new and better ways, isn't that life though? To take yeah. the things that you know, the the, the, the things that destroy you to, to turn those into the to the things that can uplift you, you know, and and help create who you are. I think that that's all of life, you know. And like, there's so many different ways I can see things that were hurtful or harmful to me that I've transitioned into healthy ways. I just, you know, I know this really sucks like Mel said. No, I'm sure it sucks now, but it won't suck forever. Yeah. And you'll be better because of it.
2: So, it is. Thank you. It's Jane Henry Wee here on uh Read Me Romance. Yay. I'm really excited to have her. I looked her yeah. um
1: I was looking at her Amazon page earlier and I saw that her book um Lachlan, a Dark Irish Mafia Romance. I was like, hello. Yeah. It said it yep. was a, it says it's a full standalone, but it's like it's number one right now in um in a couple of different things. It's like 50 overall on Amazon, which is amazing, but it's number one in gothic romances. And I was like, I didn't know that was a thing. And I was like, I really I like either. that. I I don't know. I was like, it's
2: spooky Halloween season, so <laughs> let's get to it. <laughs> Well, her heroes are. It looks like she has like some. It's an Irish, yeah. It's Irish mm-hmm. mafia, yeah. And all of her covers mm-hmm. really. they are scrumptious, really. Yeah, are all named after the hero of the book, and they're
1: all in Kindle um, Unlimited. I
2: did mm-hmm.
1: see that they were all in Ku, so that was
2: cool. So, Jane Henry is a USA Today bestselling author. She pens stern but loving alpha heroes, feisty heroines, and emotionally driven happily ever afters. She she writes what she loves to read, kink with a tender touch. Jane is a hopeless romantic who lives on the East Coast with a house full of children and her very own Prince Charming. Mm. That's awesome. So I'm going to read the blurb for Lachlan because that's, um, that's her most recent release. And it's part of the Dangerous Doms series. So uh, fully re- a fully standalone novel in the Dangerous Doms world. Fiona Hurston was too young when we first met. Too naive, too innocent, too tempting. I vowed it already sold. I vowed to protect her to keep her safe, and I have for five long years. Even when keeping her safe meant keeping my distance, even when the greatest threat to her innocence was me. Ooh. Again, sold. But Fiona's not a girl anymore. When danger is at her door and we're forced together, I won't back down. I'll defend her. I'll shield her. I'll comfort and keep her. Because Fiona Hurston is all grown up now, and it's time she realized she's mine.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes, please. Yes. Yeah. I'm down. So Lachlan is spelled L-A-C-H-L-A-N um, and you can find it or you can find it on Jane Henry's Amazon page but it's definitely uh, something you should go check out and she's on Kindle Unlimited so no reasons not to. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yes. Before we play her audio I do want to say real quick today is in real time I believe it's the 14th um, today I'm doing the episode of our first kickoff on the book club. So, um, if you haven't been in Facebook on our Read Me Romance headquarters page, Read Me Romance is doing a book club, and the first book, um, this month is If You Dare by Cresley Cole, and I've been reading it the past few days, and I'm going to save for all I have to say for the book club, but... If you want to be a part of the book club and you want to be a part of this, the discussion, it is going to be me and two other lady listeners. Um, we're going to record it on a video and it's going to play live inside Read Me Romance headquarters on Facebook. So
3: these are good books. Oh my guys. God. The series is oh so great. God, Read it, do it. I don't so know great. how
1: I ever missed the Cresley Train. <laughs> I know I've talked about this before that I came in late, but I'm here and I'm here I for have- it.
3: I've read probably thousands and thousands of books, and I can picture the covers in a second. Yeah, yeah. I that's how much They'll I remember that. Yeah, a, so right
1: there. My only complaint right now is they're not in audio because I would love just this Scottish accent in on the in audio. I think it would just be um. so fucking hot. But the the book itself, I'm just loving it so far. And um, so like I said, if you want to be a part of the discussion, the video will play and the, we'll record it live and it will play live in Read Me Romance Headquarters on Facebook. So if you have something you want to add or a question, you can do that on the video chat in Facebook. Like you go on the, in the Facebook group, Read Me Romance Headquarters, ask your question. It'll pop up on our videos. And then once we're done, I'm going to post the video to YouTube. So if you miss it live, it's OK. We're going to have it on on YouTube forever. So you can go back and watch it. And on that video, I'm going to announce the next book for the next, uh, for the next time. So,
0: so yeah. I want to pick a book to do. No, this is my
1: thing. Get your own (laughs) thing. I'm just kidding. I think you already said a book you wanted to do next. I think it was the, uh, what was it? The Alien Nanny or something you were saying? You were like. Surrogate. yes, the Alien Surrogate. You were like, we got to do that one.
3: (laughs) I'm just excited because I know Michelle Mills. I read the first one and the second, I've been waiting for the second one, which is the brother. Yeah.
1: But it's like no. that one is like the art the alien. He like artif somehow the girl gets artif she's carrying the guy's baby. It's but she's doing it as a favor to him.
3: Well, the here the first one, the nanny one, it's like, um, they're like, he's like the Bill Gates of this planet. Yeah. Like the richest person in the world.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: he's Bill Gates the alien. But <laughs> he is. He's Bill Gates the alien who is an introvert mm. who likes to be at home with his computer. He works. Yeah. He's always in his office. So he's not even going out and checking out chicks. Yeah. He, he, it drives him crazy. And then the human nanny shows up and he's like, wait a second. am I this.
1: Sam, I was like, I think we should read these next. <laughs> I think they're going to be fun. I know. Yeah. It'll be a good time. So I just wanted to throw that out there. It's uh, this when This podcast airs. It's actually happening today on the 14th at 11 a.m. And like I said, if you miss it, it'll be on YouTube tonight. So there you
2: go. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to go play the first, uh, first half of His Mountain Hostage by Jane Henry. And we'll talk to you on the other side. We'll tell you what she's giving away this week. So enjoy, and bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Mountain Hostage by Jane Henry Read for you by Faith Clark Chapter 1 Layla I get up from the little upholstered armchair I think of as my second home, my butt tingling from sitting way longer than's good for me. My stomach rumbles, and I rub it absentmindedly with a big yawn. I blink, surprised to see it's dark outside. How long have I been in here? There's a line up at the cash register, mostly local college kids here for a cup of coffee before the late night studying begins. It wasn't long ago that was me, in the very same shoes they are. Not anymore. I step outside, and the cool wind assaults me. I put my head down, tug the woolen collar of my coat tighter around me, and decide I'll walk tonight, instead of hailing a cab. I could use the exercise after sitting all day anyway. On the streets of NYC, you don't really hear the sounds around you. You learn to tune them out after a while, The honking of cars, the chatter of people on cell phones, the sound of footsteps and heels clicking on pavement. You don't lose your instincts, though. And right now, mine are primed. There's a guy, about ten paces behind me, and he's been following me since the coffee shop. He's acting like he isn't, though. He doesn't look my way. He wears mirrored shades so I can't see his eyes, but when I glance over my shoulder he's not looking my way. I can feel it though, that prickle of intuition that makes me shiver. He wasn't in the coffee shop, was he? I decide to test my theory. I take a sharp right turn, down a side street where far fewer people walk. He follows. I step up my pace, duck down another side street, then another, but it doesn't matter. I'm barely five feet tall, and he's got at least a head on me, so his long, loping strides quickly overtake my hurried ones. He's closing in on me. I look to my left and see a crowd of teens smoking weed. They laugh and jostle each other into a pizza shop. No help. To my right is a vacant shop and a restaurant that's gone out of business. Useless. My stomach drops. Shit. I've walked right into a dead-end alley. I turn to face my assailant. I don't know what I'll strike him with, but I'm sure desperation accounts for some form of self-defense, and maybe I can scream loud enough to ward him off. I blink. He's gone. Was it in my head? When did I lose him? I look down the street, but there are very few people down this alley. Was it only in my mind? Maybe I've become paranoid. I look to my left, then to my right. But he's vanished. I shake my head, and my stomach growls. Maybe I imagined it. I have to get home. Where the hell am I? I pull out my GPS and type in my address. When my skin prickles with awareness. Put the phone away, Layla. A deep, dark voice sets my pulse racing at the very moment he touches me, Strong fingers grip the back of my neck and his mouth comes to my ear. You do exactly what I say. Don't scream. Don't move. We've got you surrounded. And we don't want to hurt the innocent bystanders, but we will if we have to. Oh, God. I knew something like this would happen one day. I just knew. Nod your head if you heard me. Nod twice if you're prepared to obey. Obey? And nod twice. He said, "I'm surrounded. What choice do I have?" Good girl," he says in a ragged drawl. "Now, hand me your bag, and lean in to kiss my cheek like you're happy to see me." My heart pounds so hard and fast I'm dizzy. Shaking, I hand him my bag and turn to face him. He's so tall he's bent down to me. Dark brown eyes piercing into mine. He's got dark blond, longish hair. That shades his eyes and a sandy brown beard he's dressed in a thin black tee and faded jeans as if he doesn't give a fuck about the cold i can tell he's strong muscular and powerful his eyes narrow on mine and he whispers in a deep commanding voice do what i said he bends his cheek to mine i'm enveloped in his raw masculine scent i should be afraid Hell, I am. My whole body's shaking. But I can't help but note the rugged cut of his jaw, the vivid sharpness of his eyes, and the way he holds himself with power and purpose. I kiss his cheek. He cups my jaw. Then something cold and sharp pricks my neck. He draws me to his shoulder and muffles my scream. I'm dizzy, too hot, and confused as I slump against him. Chapter Two, Ransom. Jesus, no one told me how gorgeous she'd be. They know me too well, I guess. I've got a soft spot in our line of business, and pretty little girls with reddish hair, freckles, and little button noses top the motherfucking list. It takes three hours to get her to our secluded mountain lodge. And she mutters to herself a few times along the way, something about chili and dogs. Is she hungry? Whatever the fuck, I toss a blanket over her in the cab of my truck so she don't get cold, and I drive her home. Home? Jesus, where'd that come from? It's my home, not hers. I shake my head. My instructions were clear. Take daddy's little girl to make him pay for what he's done. Send him a ransom message, collect the cash, bring her home. No need to rough her up or threaten, unless Daddy gets stubborn. She's still unconscious when I get home, so I go around to her side of the door and toss her on my shoulder. An unexpected feeling of ownership takes hold when I've got her like this. I like the way her soft body feels over my shoulder, like I'm carrying her home for my very own. You got her. Cade says when I step into the half-moon ring of light on the front porch. My younger brother approves. No, couldn't find her, grabbed another girl instead, I mutter. Fucking douchebag, he mutters. King will be damn happy you found her. He will. And keeping King appeased is a goal of mine. Wasn't hard to find. The door opens and Zane steps out. Wow, wow. What? Haven't seen an ass like that since, oof. He falls back. I didn't think it'd be that easy to deck him when she's still on my shoulder. He'll keep his ideas about her ass or anything else about her to himself. All right, all right, he says, rubbing his shoulder with a wince. My stomach turns with hunger when the door shuts behind me. Yolanda stands by the stove, stirring a wooden spoon in a large pot. She looks over at me sees the girl slung over my shoulder and purses her lips. She's only 20 years old, but she knows what we do here. She works for us, so she keeps her opinions to herself. Still, she doesn't approve. Back room, she says in a clipped tone, pointing the wooden spoon in the general direction. King said he'll be up for dinner, wants to talk to you. I nod and bring her to the back room. Yolanda spruced it up some. The bed's made. The floors swept, and there's a small bunch of wildflowers on the bedside table. Zane's done his job too, though. I see the stout toolbox sitting by the closet door, and I know what it holds. I lay her down, and her little mouth falls open, her lips parting. Her cheeks are lightly flushed, and there's a fetching little tendril of reddish brown hair that covers her eye. I bend, brushing the stray hair behind her ear and I'm filled with the overwhelming desire to kiss her pretty freckled forehead. I stand abruptly. I have to fight against any tenderness, any show of affection. She's a hostage, no more, no less. I get the thin rope out of the toolbox, come back and quickly tie her wrists and ankles. Then I lift the folded blanket at the foot of the bed, open it up, and lay it over her. She'll wake soon. I hear the door open and shut and King's heavy footfall entering the cabin. I leave her and go out to the main room. You got her. My brother's dark brown eyes bore into mine. His hair's lighter, but other than that, he looks just like me. Same large stature, longish hair, same rugged jaw and piercing eyes. As oldest, he's the one who oversees the jobs that we do. Yup. She awake? Nope. I most certainly am, comes a clear plaintive voice from behind me. I feel my lips tip up in a smile, an almost foreign feeling these days, and hold up a finger to my brothers. I stand corrected, I tell them. I go back in the room. She's scowling when I enter, blinking with the brightness of the lights. Who are you, and why am I here? She asks as I shut the door. You hungry? She rolls her eyes. Starving, she says. Though, that's unusual, since you drugged me. Usually that affects one's appetite. But apparently, I'm the exception to the rule. She blows out a breath. As usual. I stand a few feet away from her and feel my brows rise. She's been drugged and kidnapped, and she's chatty? Apparently. Apparently. I mutter, got some chili for dinner, you stay here, I'll get you some, then we'll talk. Oh, Excellent, she says pleasantly, though her jaw's tight. I thought I'd take a bit of a mountain jaunt, but now that you say that, I suppose I'll stay. I shake my head as I go get her food, she's quite the character. I come back in a few moments with a tray laden with bowls of steaming chili and a plate of some of Yolanda's best skillet cornbread. Are you going to untie me? Hell no. Difficult to eat this way, isn't it? I don't respond. I'll be feeding her tonight myself. She frowns but doesn't speak. And it's such a sweet little pout I want to kiss those pretty lips. She may not be screaming her full head off or making some dumbass threat to call the police, but she's still our captive and she'll remember that. I drag over a straight back chair and sit beside her, sliding the tray onto the table. I grab her under the arms and drag her up to sitting in bed. I'm eating in bed? I just give her a look. Really? She rolls her eyes again. It's time we set something straight. No more rolling your eyes at me, I tell her. You're here as my captive and you'll mind the way you speak, the way you act. She blinks, swallows, then gives me a little nod. Or what? Fair question. I'll punish you. To my surprise, she doesn't balk or look scared, but lets her eyes rove over my body. That right, she says in a husky, affected voice. Something tells me I might like being punished by a man like you. I know exactly what she's doing, buttering me up and flirting her way out of the situation. Don't blame her, her stunning good looks are her strongest weapon. She can't run, she can't hide, so the only way out of this is to seduce me. But that's a game she might not wanna play with the likes of me. I give her a wry smile. Now if you enjoyed it, it wouldn't be punishment, would it? Depends, she says trying to blow that stubborn piece of hair back out of her eyes again. I reach over and brush it behind her ear. I'm an unusual girl with unusual tastes. She's unusual, all right. Most girls in this position would have screamed or tried to escape or at least cried. This one's fucking flirting with me. I shake my head and lift the steaming hot bowl of chili. Open up, darling. I bring a small spoonful of chili to her lips. Her eyes on mine, she opens. I slide the spoon in her mouth and watch as she takes the food, swallows, then captures every drop with her tongue. She does this again, and again, and again. Fuck, she knows exactly what she's doing. By the time she's eaten half the bowl, I'm rock hard and damn near in love with the little vixen. Cornbread, I ask her. She nods and licks her lips. I love cornbread. Is it buttered? Of course it is. I smear the freshly churned butter from the small crock Yolanda slid onto my tray and offer her a bite. We eat in silence for a little while, me feeding her and eating some from my own bowl, and I wait for the inevitable questions. But they don't come. You always feed your prisoners this well? No, darling, only the pretty ones. She smiles at me, opens her mouth, and I slide the little square of bread between her lips. She captures the tips of my fingers, her tongue darts out, suckling. And my cock strains against my jeans. I push the tray of forgotten food to the side, lean over on the bed and wipe a stray crumb from her full, pouty lips. Are you trying to seduce me, little girl? Before she can answer, I weave my fingers through her hair and stroke, imagining how this hair would feel wrapped around my cock while I stroked myself off. I tug, and her head drops back, and her lips part. She doesn't answer, but she closes her eyes and sighs into the tug while I gradually increase the tension. She's all kinds of wound up. I can almost see the tension leaving her body as I pull her hair. Who is this girl? All I know is that she's the daughter of Ernest Weston, owner of Weston Enterprises, the fucker who screwed my family over, and we've taken her to get back what's owed us. I was told she was small, that she had no friends, and since her daddy's the only family she's got, she'd be an easy target. But who is she really? I give her hair a firmer tug, and her mouth falls open. I lean in, brush my lips against hers, and groan when we touch. She's so soft, so feminine, and she yields to me with perfection. She tastes of honey cornbread and creamy butter, so sweet, so rich. I slide my tongue into her mouth and inhale her groan of arousal. I release her mouth with reluctance and whisper in her ear. Go on, seduce me now. Let's see what you've got. She doesn't question, doesn't fight me. She grins, and her lids lower seductively. Hard to do with my hands tied, she whispers. Untie me. A low chuckle seems to startle her. She jumps, and her eyes widen in surprise. So that's how you'll play me, I ask her. Untie you and then what? Then you'll get away? She smiles. Did I say I want to get away? I pull the blanket off and let my gaze roam over her gorgeous body. I sit on the side of the bed beside her, gently exploring her with the tip of my finger. A ghost of a touch over her cheekbone, her lips, her jaw. She watches me in wide-eyed fascination, her breathing heavy and labored. I drag my fingertip down the column of her neck to her collarbone, then lower still to where her full breasts heave when I trace my thumb along her nipples. You're here for a reason, I tell her, answering the questions she hasn't asked. Your daddy cost my family and he has to pay. We'll extract what we need from him, and when we get it, we'll let you go. How things go while you're here, I say thoughtfully, lowering the slow trail of my touch to her hips, is up to you. So, what will it be, Layla? I like calling her by name. I like the sound of it on my lips, like fine spun cotton candy that melts in your mouth in the heat of summer. Layla, will we get along, I ask tracing the pad of my thumb between the fullness of her thighs. Then I give her a pinch that makes her gasp. Or will I have to punish you? Chapter 3 Layla Both? My mind begs. Fucking both. I suspected why he brought me here. I know exactly who he is, or I can hazard a guess anyway. He is one of the faulty brothers, the band of vigilantes I've been following and secretly hacking now for about six months. They think it's my father, though. They all do, every last one of my victims. Okay, so let's be honest. In my defense, I had no idea what these guys look like. Have you seen that show where the plane crashes and everyone ends up on an island or something and There's one of the badass guys with the longish blonde hair that hangs to his shoulders and those wicked eyes that promise I will do anything to you I fucking want. Yes, him. He's standing before me now, only he's bigger, more devilish looking, and he smells really, really good. I'm going to have to make sure he doesn't find out who exactly my father is. He gets to his feet with a little growl because someone's just knocked at the door. He shifts his cock, and I bite my lip so he doesn't see me grin. This guy's brought me up here to use me as ransom, to intimidate me, and in minutes, I've got him rock hard. Guys like him, they think that a woman can be seduced with sex, and... Hell, some of us can, I'm not gonna lie. Make a pretty girl come, make her come hard, and maybe she'll suck your cock or let you go on being a prick or something. Guys like him, though, they think that it doesn't work the other way around, like they're somehow too powerful to be defeated over sex. I stifle a chuckle. We'll see about that. He opens the door and growls at whoever's on the other side. I can hazard a guess. It's Cade, Zane, or King. I know every one of them. Get the fuck out, he says. All of you, now. I've got work to do, and you know I like to work alone. A shiver of awareness runs down my spine. I have an idea of what exactly he might do when he's alone. I should be afraid. If I'm honest, a little part of me is. Just a little. But it's the kind of fear that a girl could grow to like. Once he knows who I really am, that light of humor in his eyes might fade, and he's definitely at an advantage here, in damn near every way. He's bigger and stronger, we're on his territory, and I'm seriously outnumbered. I have to play this very carefully. Fine, the other guy says. You want to tell King then? Yeah, he says. He looks over at me. You stay right there. Oh, man, I say with a fake whine. I was thinking I'd take a little trip to the mall. You're no fun. He shakes his head, rolls his eyes, and then the door shuts behind him. I look around the small room. Someone's taken the trouble to be sure this is a nice one, like a little hunting lodge in the mountains. The walls are painted ivory, the floor is gleaming hardwood. The windows are large, with filmy white curtains draped around the perimeter on pewter knobs. The closet's shut tight, but the door is small, and there's a matching wooden bedside table and a dresser. It smells like wood smoke and pine in here. Strong, clean, and masculine. Like him. I like it. On the bedside table is a small vase of wildflowers. The walls are bare, but there's a fireplace in front of me, red bricks framing it. It's cozy and rustic in here. And then my eyes fall on the black toolbox at the foot of the bed. My heart hammers a bit faster. I'd be a fool if I didn't recognize I'm in danger here. I have no idea what he has in that box, but something tells me I should probably avoid whatever it is. He didn't bring me up here for a little one-night stand. I freeze at the sound of rising voices outside the door, all deep and masculine and rough. His rises above them all. I hear the scraping of chairs on hardwood floors, a couple of harsh words, then the opening and shutting of a door. Are we alone? My heartbeat races at the sound of approaching footsteps. He opens the door and steps in the room. I stifle a gasp. He's got my laptop bag slung over his shoulder. If he opens that bag and figures out what's in there, my God, there's no telling what he'd do. Did you chase them off? I did, he says, his look sharp. Wasn't easy. We have some work to do. He pulls out a mobile phone and snaps a picture of me. Frowning, he hits a few buttons and sends it out. I know what he's doing, predictable. This is the warning with the ransom note demanding payment. A note that won't go to my father's phone, but to my own server. Thankfully, I set it up so it doesn't come to my phone, and there's no telltale buzz when he sends it. Let's see how soon your father responds. God damn it. My father will respond as soon as I get a chance to get on my laptop. He's traveling, I say. He's in the Mediterranean right about now, so... Unless you move time zones on me, he'll be asleep. Good, he says with a grin. Fair enough. Gives us a bit more time to get to know each other, doesn't it? His voice is low and husky, and it does all sorts of delicious things to me. I'm no virgin, but I've always dated guys who were younger, and everything we've done was consensual, safe. I shiver when he comes closer. I let my eyes roam over his hands, those strong, powerful fingers, and imagine what he could do to me. That's it? I ask, just to make sure I know what's going on here. You sent a message to my father, and now we wait? He smiles, a slow, seductive smile that makes my panties dampen. I swallow hard. I think we can find a way to occupy ourselves. You going to undo my hands? I ask, half praying he doesn't. Now what's the fun in that? My heart begins to accelerate. What's your name? I ask, my eyes on his. A shock of hair falls into his eyes, and he swipes it away impatiently. He gives me a devilish grin. Ransom. I tip my head to the side. Ransom, isn't that why I'm here? Yeah, baby, he says, kneeling one knee on the bed beside me. That's exactly why. A howling wind picks up outside my window, and a frisson of awareness tickles my spine. I'm alone with a man who's fully capable of doing anything he wants to me, and if he finds out who I really am. But the next moment... My mind comes to a stuttering halt as he weaves his fingers through my hair. What do you want from me? I ask. Not because I care or because I wonder. I know exactly what he wants from me. I want to hear his narrative. I want to hear him talk. I like the sound of his voice. And the truth is, if I can make him think I'm actually a little afraid, I might seem more authentic. Tonight, darling. Just a little something to pass the time. He's got my hair wrapped around his fingers, and he gives it a little tug. My scalp tingles, and my breath hitches. When my lips part, he lowers his mouth to mine. The sound of the wind outside ceases to exist. The only sound that matters is the beating of my heart, and the soft, involuntary moans I release that he swallows with his kiss. He smells woodsy and masculine, strong and rugged like snow-capped mountains and wildfire. His hands are powerful but controlled, and now that he's so close, I can see the sturdy column of his neck and hard ridges of muscle. When his tongue touches mine, my eyelids flutter closed, and I'm submerged in his touch. There's no question in the way he holds me, every movement orchestrated with mastery, his fingers in my hair tugging my head back, his mouth on mine punishingly hard, the hard planes of his body against mine, unapologetic and intimate, possessive, fierce, and a part of me wonders if I'll regret this. Would he stop if I asked him? But I don't. I can't. I'm seduced by his prowess, and my body responds of its own accord. I'm panting when he pulls his mouth off mine. One large, strong hand cups my jaw to hold my gaze. You'll do exactly what I say, he whispers, his voice low and husky, affected with arousal. And this will go much better for you, understand me? Uh Uh-huh, I say, my vocal cords suddenly raspy with need. His grip in my hair tightens. Oh, you're one of those kinds of men, I say in a breathy whisper. He pulls my head back lowers his mouth to my neck, and I gasp when I feel his teeth sink into the tender flesh before he laps the pain away. Oh, God. Yeah, darling, he says. He grips my bound wrists and pushes them on the bed before he drags his tongue from my neck to my collarbone. The heat of his breath makes me shiver, but the feel of his tongue undoes me. He licks and suckles and nips as if he's hungry for me, as if he craves just this, me. Strong hands wrap around my waist, and he grabs the hem of my top, easing the fabric up. I've got a small silver hoop in my navel. He groans before he kisses the piercing, then kisses again lower still, just inches above where I long for pressure. A thrum of need pulses low in my belly and my pussy clenches. Still, he kisses, the warring sensation of his warm mouth and prickly whiskers, making me crazy with arousal. His heated breath skates down my skin. Are you a good girl, Layla? He asks. His mouth at the hem of my jeans. He licks along the edge like he's sealing an envelope, and my hips twitch of their own accord. Dark eyes meet mine, and his voice drops an octave. Or a bad girl. I'm definitely a bad girl, but I want to play this up a little. Depends, I say, because two can play at this game. What happens to good girls? He gives me a wicked grin, his lips curling over straight white teeth. He laps the sensitive skin above my jeans once more. They get to come. I swallow hard. Holy shit, I want that. My voice is ragged when I ask. And, bad girls? He clucks his tongue. They get punished before they come. Oh, fuck. What would that look like? Now, answer me, darling. Which are you? I give him what I hope looks like an apologetic look. I lower my lashes and bite my lip before I respond. Oh, I'm always good. He kisses his way along the top of my jeans, down the zipper, then presses his mouth straight between my legs. He exhales, then says with mock regret, Liar, I'll have to punish you. It was the answer all along. And I knew it. He stands, and I keen with the sudden loss of his touch and heat, but a moment later he returns with a knife in his hand. My pulse spikes, but he quickly reaches for the bonds around my legs and cuts them. Next, he reaches for my jeans. He unfastens them, and I shimmy my hips, trembling because shit's about to get real. When my jeans lay in a pool on the floor, He lifts me in his strong arms, holds me briefly to his chest while he sits heavily. The bed creaks with his weight, and he plants his feet in front of him, his heavy boots like anchors on the floor below. He arranges me belly down over his lap, and my pulse quickens. Oh, God. I'm shaking when his large, rough hand cups the curve of my ass, and he gives me a firm squeeze. You're gorgeous. He says, but this pretty little ass will be even prettier when I retin it. Oh, God. He traces the edge of my panties with his index finger, and I squeeze my eyes tight. What am I wearing today? What the hell am I wearing? I nearly groan when I remember they're plain white cotton, as plain Jane as can be. Why am I more concerned with the sexiness of my panties than the fact that I'm about to get spanked? He draws the elastic on my panties down slowly over the curve of my ass. And that's when I start to get second thoughts about this. I don't know him. I don't trust him. And he's about to hurt me. Maybe it wasn't a lie. I think I'm... Well, I'm actually pretty good, I say in a strangled voice, just seconds before his large, rough palm crashes against my ass. I buck, my legs scissor, and I make a little squeaking sound. Don't lie, Layla. He slams his palm on my ass again, and this time, I swear I feel the pulse straight to my throbbing clit. Heat suffuses my limbs. I wriggle, but he quickly subdues me with a palm on my lower back. Behave yourself and take your spanking, he says, the firm tone of his voice making me shiver. My panties dangle on my feet. My belly presses up against his thighs when he gives me another hard spank. This is no slap and tickle but the real deal, and I'm soon consumed in pain and heat and, to my shock, rampant arousal. My mind begins to clear and my body stills. In between smacks, he cups my ass, massages out the sting, rolls his palm on the tender skin and praises me in that sexy as sin voice of his. Good girl. He says, that's a good girl, taking the spanking she knows she deserves. Yeah. He parts my legs with the back of his hand and slides his fingers along my inner thighs. Fuck, darling, you're soaked, aren't you? Oh, God, I am. He doesn't wait for an answer, but slides his fingers through my slick folds. I gasp when he strokes my swollen clit wriggling my hips to build better friction, but he chuckles. Not yet you don't, he says. That's only after your punishment. He removes his glorious, perfect fingers from my throbbing pussy and lifts his palm again. He resumes my spanking, each sting worse than the one before. But I crave more, so much more. He slows the tempo of his punishment, taking time to massage and squeeze and tease before he slaps my ass again. Gorgeous, he growls. I fucking love the look of my handprints on you. He strokes between my legs, drags my arousal across my skin and traces the mark of his handprint. The varying sensation makes me feel crazy good. I like feeling out of control. I like being overpowered. Are you gonna be a good little girl? I nod vigorously because I'm no fool, and I know that good girls get to come. Are you sure about that? He asks, squeezing my ass cheek so hard I gasp. There's more than one way to punish this ass. He trails his thumb along my slit, pushing against my asshole. Oh God, oh God. Is that what you want, bad girl? He asks, just before he pushes his thumb deeper. My clit fairly hums with need. No one's ever touched me there. No one's ever spanked me. And then his fingers are back, and they're better than ever. Stroking, fondling, teasing my clit until my back arches, and I'm on the verge of coming. Beg, he orders, his tone harsh and demanding. Fucking beg, Layla, or your ass feels my belt. Eep. Please, I whisper. I'm wriggling my hips in hopes of friction, but his fingers still. Please, what? Oh, God. What are the magic words that will make him give me what I so desperately need? I'll try anything. Please, Ransom. He doesn't move. Let me come. Good girl. He approves, stroking my folds again until I fly apart. I close my eyes, and I swear I see stars. Heated, pulsing, throbbing ecstasy courses through my whole body, from the tip of my head to the tip of my toes, hot and exhilarating. Spasms of pleasure rip through me as he strokes me to completion. I slump over his lap, my wrists still bound, and I swear I'm still caught in the aftershocks of climax when he lays me back down on the bed. My ass throbs, but I love it. The loss of control and the reminder of his strength and dominance. Dark, brooding eyes bore to mine as he braces himself above me. Now, that's a good girl, he says. Thank me for your climax, Layla. Thank you. I breathe. He grins, reaches for his wallet, and tugs out a condom. I can't believe I'm doing this, but in the moment... It feels so right. Good girl. Such a very good girl gets to climax again. Open for me, darling. I spread my legs, eager to feel him fill me. Such a pretty pink pussy you have. He growls. I want to taste it before the night's through. There isn't much that makes me flush. But holy hell, that might be it. I feel heat creep up my cheeks when he suddenly freezes. What? I ask. He frowns and shoves the condom in his back pocket. My heart sinks. I have to be crazy, but after what he did, I'm aching to be filled by him. Someone's here. He must have extra sensitive hearing or something because I haven't heard a damn thing. You sure? I ask. I look out the window, but beneath the shadow of moonlight, There's nothing but the rough, snow-topped mountains far off in the distance and the tops of pine trees as far as the eye can see. Damn sure, he says. He prowls to the door like a wildcat, silent and lethal, and I watch with wide eyes as he draws a gun from the bedside table. The door shuts, and I hear him go outside. It's when he's gone that I realize he left me with my wrists still bound, and I'm nearly naked. Great. Something cracks in the distance, but I can hardly hear a damn thing since this place is constructed with thick wooden beams. Well, ain't you a pretty little thing. I freeze when I see another man standing in the doorway. He looks a bit like Ransom, but he's smaller, thinner, and there's a look in his eyes that's nothing like Ransom at all. I don't respond. I can't defend myself with my wrists bound, and I have no weapon. Get out, I tell him, and leave me alone. If my wrists weren't tied, I could at least defend myself. Got a mouth on you too, don't you? He says with narrowed eyes. Pat Ransom already put that mouth to good use wrapped around his cock, didn't he? His eyes narrow, and I know then that I'm in danger. He's jealous? You drew him out, didn't you? I ask, classic move. You made him get out of here so you could have me. Smart, too, he says with a toothy grin. He comes closer and the pungent scent of strong whiskey fills the air. You're drunk, I say. Get out of here. Ransom won't be happy. Will he, though? Will he care? I'm here as their prisoner, aren't I? So what difference does it make which of them takes advantage of me? My eyes flit to the doorway, then back to his. Don't you fucking tell me what to do, he says with a menacing growl. He reaches the bed and grabs at me, his rough hands yanking at the top I still wear. Ransom can go fuck off. He's after his truck, and he won't even know I came. He grins. And I'm gonna fucking come, sweetheart. Everything about him is in such sharp contrast to Ransom, it unnerves me. He's lanky and thin, whereas Ransom's strong and muscular. There's a rapid look in his eyes that frightens me. I've been tied up, dominated, and made to come at Ransom's hands. And he doesn't scare me the way this guy does. If you touch me, I'll scream, I warn, as if that's gonna do a damn thing. Ransom's gone. I'm unable to defend myself. What else can I do? He shakes his head. Scream all you want, he says. No one can hear you here, or Miles from Civilization. In fact, I think I'll like it if you scream. Might make me come harder. My stomach turns with nausea. Miles from Civilization? His comment confirms what I feared all along. As he advances on me, I try to fight him, but there's not a lot I can do with my wrists bound. I knee him, and he easily deflects it, then raises his hand and slaps me for trying to prevent him. My cheek burns. Making me hard, he says. Go ahead, fight me. I love fighting you fucking back. My top rips into shreds with his brutal tug. I scream and try to kick him, but it does no good. He likes the fight. He wants me to fight because he wants to hurt me. He unfastens his pants, and bile rises in my throat. This is what I've been afraid of all along, what I've managed to avoid. The door to the room flies open and crashes into the wall. I whip my head around to see Ransom standing in the doorway. His eyes are murderous. Shit, my assailant mutters. Hope rises in me, maybe I won't be assaulted after all. In three angry strides, he reaches us, then grabs the guy in front of me right up off the floor with his fist at his neck. How dare you, he growls, this girl is mine. He throws him against the wall, and he hits it with a sickening thud and a howl. Ransom lifts him off the floor and decks him. I scream and close my eyes against the violence. Ransom hits him again and again until the other guy's a bleeding, blubbering mess. You're lucky I fucking let you live, Ransom says, panting. Fucking lucky. He punches him again, blood spurting from the guy's nose. Now. You get off my fucking property before I break more than your nose. He picks the guy up from the floor by his shirt and pants, carts him to the doorway, then tosses him out like a sack of potatoes. I hear bone crunching and the other man hollering. I watch in wide-eyed amazement as he locks the door behind him. He turns to me panting, his longish hair hanging in his eyes, and sweat gleaming on his neck and shoulders, And I don't know if I've ever seen anyone hotter. You all right? I swallow. I'm fine. Yes. That was amazing.
1: (laughs) That like satisfied yes was really good. That was perfect timing.
2: Kink with a tender touch, indeed. Mm-hmm, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Uh, so go to readmeromance.com. Jane is giving away a $20 Amazon gift card and a signed copy of Keenan, which is the first book in the Dangerous Dom series. Uh, so that's a really awesome prize. You definitely want to win it. She did say they are all standalones, too. So that's you can start yeah. anywhere. Start anywhere. But she's giving away Keenan, or if you want to start from the beginning of the series, that's the first book. Yep, And I think... That's it, unless you guys have anything.
1: No, we'll do it all on Friday. We'll run okay. that.
2: <laughs> all right, Leah, tell him what to Lock do. Fuck your day
1: up. Make today your bitch. Don't be a
0: dick. Bye. Bye. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. Read me romance. Read, read me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine, or you could sit back, relax, and unwind and read me romance. Read, read me romance.